This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor Tim White. At our church, a couple months ago, we did a whole sermon series on prayer. And it really, like, I got the chance to speak during it. And sometimes when you speak, it, like, challenges you to really dive in deeper and study a lot of things. And really, I, I feel like the Lord taught me so much through that, that whole sermon series and really changed my prayer life. And it also kind of had me do an inventory on my life and my prayer life as well, too. You know, I've been in church ever since I got out of the hospital. So I've been in the nursery, gr grown up through uh, church and everything. And, you know, so I've been praying my whole life. And I'll be honest with you, at times in my life, I have been slack. I have, you know, kind of lost focus with prayer in my life. Um, I have just kind of gotten into the mundane with it. I think sometimes, you know, if you've been a believer for a long time, we can get into a rut. We can get into, you know, this, um, <clears throat> this, uh, oh, there's a message. are watching from the Atlantic Ocean. Prayers are with you. Thank you. <clears throat> Enjoy. Hope you guys have a blast. That's awesome. I just saw that. Has that been up there long? Oh, okay. I saw, I looked out. I was like, everybody's looking up. I'm like, is my first point? I don't know if my first point is even up yet. <clears throat> and then I looked at it. So, um, okay. That's awesome. I don't know where I was. So, you know, you don't remember either. So it's all good. We can just start over. <clears throat> um, you know, my, my biggest thing is I wanted to talk a little bit today about the Lord's Prayer. And the Lord's Prayer is, is such a powerful piece of, of Scripture. And I think that, you know, for us as Christians sometimes, like we, we have heard it. I think probably people that aren't Christians know the Lord's Prayer. It's been, it's been used so often through so many different, it's on print. It's, you know, it's everywhere through our house on posters and paintings and different things like that. But I think, man, there's so much power in what the Lord is, is saying, in what Jesus is saying uh, when he's instructing his disciples there on, on how we should pray. And so I wanted to take a little bit of time on the front end and talk a little bit about the Lord's Prayer. And I wanted to break it down a little bit and some things that really stuck out to me. We could probably take multiple weekends and talk about the Lord's Prayer. There's so much depth to it. There's so much that you can pull that you can learn from it. So this is a scratch and the scratch of the surface of it. Um, but then I also wanted to end and just kind of talk to you a little bit about some things that throughout my walk with, with the Lord that I felt like the Lord's really convicted me on with my prayer life throughout the years that have been some huge just kind of aha moments in my life, okay? So <clears throat> I figured probably no better way to start off a message about the Lord's Prayer than to, let, like, let's read the Lord's Prayer. So if you want to turn in your Bibles, if you have your Bibles with you, and you want to turn to Matthew chapter 6, that would be awesome. And I think they're going to be on the screen as well, too. And so uh, we'll be picking up in verse 9. So it says, After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So, pretty powerful piece of scripture there. So, awesome. Let's, let's talk about just a few things uh, with the Lord's Prayer here. And then, 
we'll, uh, we'll dive into a couple other things and we'll be done. So <clears throat> first off, the thing that really hits me that I think that so many people miss with the Lord's Prayer a lot of times is that I think it's not so much kind of in the Baptist region that, that we do this kind of stuff, but in a lot of other denominations and everything, they, they tend to recite prayers back and corporately recite prayers. And, you know, one of the things that I think is a misconception is that it's, it's not like Jesus is telling us here to verbatim recite this prayer back to God. You know, it's not meant to be this thing that we just memorize and recite back and then there's power in that in and of itself, okay? Jesus is more telling us how to pray than more specifically what to pray. And so we'll dive into kind of the context of things a little bit. I wanted to break it down. It's, it's just kind of, it's a blueprint really on how we should pray and how we can formulate our prayers. And always keep in mind that, you know, I think that Jesus is way more concerned with the heart and the condition of the heart when you go to him uh, than he is by you verbatim saying every word properly in a memorized prayer, okay? And so um, let's talk about some of these. Now, I think uh, my mother-in-law put down a bunch of um, blank things on your, your notes. Is that correct? So forgive me. They're kind of like talking points, so there's not really this like nice bullet-pointed note, so uh, forgive me with this, but really one of the things when I started to dive into prayers in the Bible, if you look at a lot of prayers in the Word, what you'll find is that a lot of them begin with worship. They begin with a reverence to an almighty God, and you know what? I, I had to ask myself. I had to look at myself and say, Tim, how many times do you begin your prayer with any kind of worship or reverence to the Lord? I'll be honest with you. Maybe all of you guys are just like knocking it out of the park with that. For me, it's like not so much. There's a lot of times I start my, my prayers with, with being thankful. Thank you, Lord, for blessing. Thank you, Lord, for the things that you've done in my life. But there's not a lot of times where I'm starting with like worshiping an almighty God. There's a difference there. And so when I looked at the Lord's Prayer specifically, there was a couple that I had studied that I was just like, man, it's just like, hit me like a ton of bricks, but when it starts out, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You know, number two is just, there's a there's one, there's a worship. Number two, there's a reverence. To hallow something is to make it holy or separate, set apart. <clears throat> your kingdom come, on uh, point three there, it's just really your kingdom come, that God will fulfill, uh, that God will fulfill his promises to his people. And then four is that there's like this, Thing that there's a request. Things start tipping into requests here at this point, and that his will, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. There's a request that his will be accomplished here on earth. And I think it's also a, a phenomenal thing for you to pray that his will be accomplished in your own life as well, too. You know, there's a difference between requests, your own requests of things, and for God's will to be done in your life. Two completely different things. Honestly, can I tell you straight up, to pray for God's will to be done in my life is a scary thing for me to pray. It's scary. It makes me nervous because I'm like, what's he, what are you going to do? What are you going to do, Lord? I kind of have my own agenda. I kind of have my own things that I would like to do. Uh, you know, So it's a scary prayer to actually pray that. And then when you sense that and you feel it to actually take steps towards it, whew, that's, that's a challenge. That's hard. That's not easy. Um, number five, a daily provision. Give us this day our daily bread. You know, that's a, that's a well-quoted verse. 
Um, it's, it's in print. It's everywhere. But give us this day our daily bread. There's so much power and there's so much depth to that meaning um, when Jesus is telling his disciples this. So he's instructing his disciples this. All of his disciples are Jewish men. What is he, what is he basically saying or giving a nod to when he's saying, give us this day our daily bread? Well, he's referring to their ancestors that have come out of slavery and that spent years going through the wilderness, going into the promised land. When they were in the wilderness, what did they have to do every day? They had to rely specifically on one thing to sustain their life. What was it? Manna, exactly. What was the instruction about the manna? Yeah, that's it, right? It was every day. Do not take any more that you need than to sustain your life for just this day. Anything that they tried to take to stockpile would spoil immediately. So when they were walking through the wilderness, they literally had, they had no other choice but to fully rely on God to completely sustain their life. It's saying, hey, just like you did for our ancestors, God, give us this day our daily bread. And then there's, there's so much more that you can even go into that as well too, but... Um, then it starts tipping into more for some requests for spiritual needs and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. I love verses 14 and 15. It says, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. Man, how many of y'all know Maybe you're, maybe I know nobody in here is like this, but man, I know people who have let anger, bitterness, ego, jealousy, resentment, they've let things that people have done to them throughout the years, they carry those things with them their entire life. They take them to the grave with them. It's like, why is it, why is it even worth it? It's not worth it. Man, when Jesus died on the cross and he shed his blood for us, we were immediately forgiven. The moment that we accept him into our life, we are covered by the blood of Jesus and we are forgiven. What's our responsibility? Man, let's go out and forgive those who have sinned against us as well too. That's not easy. That's a hard thing to do as well too. That's very challenging to do, but it's necessary. It's what God is calling us to do. And then lastly, there's a prayer for deliverance from the temptation to evil. Man, you know what? Not one of us is above falling to sin. Not one of us is above uh, falling to any kind of temptation in our life or whatever. The moment that we take our eye off the prize, the moment that we take our eye off of him and we start giving into the flesh, that is the moment we are in self-destructive mode pattern right there. Man, what a great thing for you to be praying every day to God, deliver me from this evil. Deliver me from this temptation. Give me strength, Father, to overcome these things. You know, so, <clears throat> so much that can still be said about all of that, but just for the sake of time, obviously, um, I, I really kind of looked at it as, as two different pieces. Number one is kind of this worship piece, this reverence piece, and then uh, number two, there's a request for needs and, and all of that kind of stuff, and the prayer was kind of broken down into two pieces. And, you know, do, do I think that just because Jesus is providing us a blueprint on, on how we should pray? Do I think that every time you pray, you must follow this exact, you know, blueprint? 
No, personally, I do not. I think the moment that you get into trying to follow an outline with your prayer, now you're getting back into just memorizing a, a bunch of words and reciting it back, okay? So I think that it all comes down to the condition of the heart. The heart is such a big thing, and I think that you can look at the why behind Jesus saying this, and you can see it is a matter of the heart. And so I wanted to go through um, a couple verses that's right before the Lord's Prayer and just kind of talk a little bit about those as well, too. So um, for the sake of time, what I'm going to do is I'm going to just kind of read the, the verse and go through. I had just a couple quick sub points um, with this, and then we'll, uh, we'll move on. But um, picking up in verse 5, so Matthew 6, verse 5. Did you guys get this? Yes. Awesome. Thank you. You guys are awesome. Thank you all. Um, it says, and when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. Who are the hypocrites here? <laughs> That's great. That's great. There's no hypocrites in church, right? Never. <laughs> well, who's Jesus referring to here? He's referring to the Pharisees. He's referring to the Pharisees. And so he says, don't be like don't be like the hypocrites, don't be like the Pharisees, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners on the streets that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they already have their reward. This was a big one to me, like, because it's so many times we as, as, as people, for whatever reason, we are like driven by this recognition at times. You know, we love it if people recognize us at work. We love it. It's just like, it's like fuel in the tank sometimes. When somebody says something good about something that we've done, oh man, it just feels amazing. It feels great. What I kind of tend to believe though too is that when it comes to the church and when it comes to serving in the church for us as believers, as Christians, we need to take that whole motto and that fleshly desire, we need to flip it on its head. The whole reason that you do anything that you do in church, whether you serve in church, Rhea was up here singing, did a great job, the choir did an amazing job, um, David crushed it as well. Everything that you do, it's not for you. It's not for you. It's not to puff you up. It's not to make you look all good in front of your peers. It's only to recognize Jesus. It's only to cast a spotlight on him. It's only to lift his name up. That's all it's for. And the moment that we get away from all of that, the moment that we start getting in trouble. How many times have you seen people in the ministry that they all of a sudden start reading their press clippings? Maybe they get a little bit of success. Maybe they get some things that, that, that happens on a national level and they start getting recognized in the, the big church arena and everything. And then all of a sudden it becomes about them. It becomes about this celebrity status with things. I've met a few of them. It's lovely. Um, man, like our entire goal of everything that we should do is to lift up the name of Jesus and to cast a spotlight on him to others and be a light, you know. Um, so he says, don't pray like the hypocrites. They already have their reward. All the recognition that they've gotten with people seem, seeming like they're all holier than thou or whatever, that's all they're getting. They're only getting that little bit of recognition. That's it. What does he say next in verse six? But thou, um, but when you pray, enter into your closet and when thou hast shut the door, pray to the father which is in secret and the, and the father will, sorry, and the, <laughs> thy father which seeth in secret shall reward the openly shall reward you openly. My next piece that I just got with that is it, there's a, there's a time and a place, obviously, but I think that there's power in getting isolated when it comes to communicating with the Lord. 
Our house is crazy. And so for me, I try to every day make sure that I'm getting some time to where I am getting away from everybody and spending some time with the Lord. Sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes it's a challenge. But do I think you need to specifically go into a closet? You know, as it says here, maybe not, you know, but um, I think that there's, there's a difference from when you pray corporately. And we know that it's okay to pray corporately as a church and as a church body, but there's a difference. You know, if, if I'm in church, which I work at church, so a lot of times we pray in circles, like before a service starts, we'll pray. And there'll be a group of us, and maybe two to three will pray. What happens if I'm like the third person, if I'm the closer of that prayer? Maybe you're different. But am I listening to those people praying? Honestly, I'm thinking about what I'm going to say. I'm like, all right, well, okay, they're saying this. So I need to, okay, I want to, I want to pivot. I'm going to say this instead. I'm thinking about that. It's like it completely defeats the entire purpose of the prayer, you know? So there's a, there's power in you getting by yourself, kind of taking the, the armor off and all the, the, the mass of things that we kind of put on ourselves to, to, to hide or whatever, or put on a good face in front of people and just being open and honest with your savior. So. Man, it's an act of humility. And then lastly, I think we should pray with a focus. In verse seven, it says, but when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathens do. Do you know who the heathens are that he's referencing here? You guys know the heathens? We don't have, yeah, that's right. (laughs) I love it. The heathens are the Gentiles. The Gentiles are the heathens. What are the Gentiles doing? Well, they're, they're building idols and, and constructing all these idols. They're praying to all these different gods. And what are they doing? They're using, um, they think, he says, don't be like the heathens do in, in using that vain repetition, for they think that they shall be heard for all their speaking. But not ye therefore like unto them, for you know, uh, for your father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye even ask him. So he says, again, don't be like them. God already knows what you need before you even go to him anyway. God already knows your heart. God already knows what's going on. You know, there was a time in my life where I thought, okay, the more that intensely that I pray about this, the more like God, okay, God's gonna like answer it. Or it's like the more time I spend in prayer, like God's gonna answer it. Like, or he's gonna, he's always answering it, but like answering it the way I want it. It's like he's sitting there with a stopwatch. You know, it's like if he gives me at least 10 minutes, I'll answer it the way he wants it. But if it's at 9.59, no deal, you know. It's not like that. You know, God already knows um, what it is that we're bringing to him. So for us to be pointed, to be focused with our prayer, I think is so so important. And again, it just, uh, it all kind of points back to, you know, the time there when you start seeing all these people doing all these things for recognition and completely lost. And here's Jesus instructing his people, hey, here's how we should be praying. And uh, man, I just love it. I was just touched by it. I can't tell you how many times I've just read over and been like, oh, that's, that's a nice grouping of verses. You know, but when you start studying it, you're like, wow, there's so much power to this. So lastly, you know, there's, there's some things with me that I felt like um, the Lord has really worked on my life when it comes to prayer and everything. And I think that I wanted to you know, pass them on to you. Maybe it's something that challenges you. Maybe it's something that you disagree with or whatever. I, you know, it's a free country. So, um, but I would say that these are things for me that have been 
huge. They have been absolutely like earth shattering for me when it comes to communicating with the Lord, when it comes to my relationship with the Lord um, and all that kind of stuff. So point one is I personally believe that prayer should not be a wish list that you take to God. Prayer is not a wish list. I've met so many people that say, well, I'm going to try this thing out. I'm going to try Jesus out and see what happens. And so it's like, to me, what you're saying is then, so what you're going to do is you're going to see if God does things for you and then you'll be all in. But it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. You don't get, you don't, you know, if you're paying a dollar for a Coke, which now a Coke is what, $10? I don't know what it is. But, you know, if you're paying a dollar for a Coke and you put 50 cents in or you put 80 cents in, you don't get a Coke. You know, there's, you're, there's no half in, half out kind of mentality when it comes to a relationship with the Lord. Prayer is not a wish list. There was a time in my life where I was literally begging God to do certain things in my life, begging him to do it. And I felt like just the Holy Spirit just like punched me in the face one day. And I literally was like, I felt like God was telling me, every time you come to me, all you do is ask me to do these things that you want me to do in your life. What about what I want to do in your life? And I was just, for me, I wish it was a conversation like that, but it, it wasn't. It was just obviously I felt it in, in my heart. And I just, I said, man, I, I have blown it here. And so I said, I'm going to take like a month and I'm not asking for anything. I'm not requesting anything anymore. I'm only praising God for the things that he has done in our life. And I'm only lifting people up that I know they're in need. And man, what a powerful mental shift that it was, you know, it's my problem was that my prayer was focused on me. My prayer was focused on myself. But prayer should be 100% focused on God. It should be 100% worshiping the Lord, our God. It's an act of worship. It's not this request for selfish wishes. And we know that it's okay. We can take our request to the Lord. Uh, we know that in Philippians 4, 6, it says, Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. It's okay to take requests to the Lord. But I love what David prayed earlier, that um, there were some people that were struggling or whatever that you would, God, that you would answer according to your will. Again, a tough one, uh, a tough one to pray, but at the same time, it's essential. You know, it's scriptural, it's biblical. Number two, follow me with this. I think prayer shouldn't be an event in your life. I don't think prayer should be an event. And what I mean by that is, what the, exist, the entire existence of my prayer life was this. It was maybe say a prayer in the morning, maybe say a prayer at night before I go to bed. It was pray before meals. That to me is like, really all that is, is just a habit. It's a thing that you do. And it's not a open line of communication to the Lord. And I, I've, I've really strived, I've literally fallen flat on my face a million times with this, but I strive to try to make it my posture all day long, every day. It's just who I am. It's about, it's, I don't know, it's just, yeah, this all-encompassing piece of my life. That's the only way I know how to communicate it, you know. You guys have all heard that, that verse before, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, just says, rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. You all have heard that pray without ceasing verse, right? Everybody's heard that? 
it's, you know, it's, it's one of those uh, verses that has well, been well played throughout the years. Personally, do I believe that you need to go around all day long, Lord, Father? Yeah. No, I don't, I don't think you need to be like that. But I think when it's an attitude and it's a, it's a, it's a habit in your life, um, I think that that's that pray without ceasing kind of mentality. I have this uh, couple that is in my life. I was at um, an event one time. So I'm at this event. Crystal and I are sitting in the second row. And I'm like leaning forward in my chair like this. Okay. And this couple is sitting in the front row. Awesome, like spiritual giants, amazing people. These people are speaking from stage. And so they have like theatrical lighting set up there, which has those, you know, those moving lights and stuff. Well, the lights were off, but one light was stuck on. And all those moving lights, they're very quiet now. They're nice and sleek. They're very quiet. But this was a long time ago. So this thing was just. So I'm sitting here staring at the light. And I'm all I can see and all I'm thinking about is the light. And it's going on for like four or five, six minutes. It just keeps going. It's distracting. There's a lot of people at this event. Maybe only the first the people on the first couple rows could even hear, you know, what was going on, what was even happening. But all of a sudden, the couple in front of me starts talking about it. So I'm like, I'm super close to them. I'm leaning forward. So little do they know, I'm just a fly on the wall with their conversation. So they start talking and they're like, oh, it's distracting. What are we going to do? And he goes, why don't, we, why don't we pray about it? What did I do? Pastor, what did I do? <laughs> what are you going to pray about it for? Pray about it? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Don't judge me. Hopefully the, the statutes of limitations have, has, has, you know, <laughs> gone up there for Christian judgment on my, my mentality there. But I was like, why do you need to pray about a light? So here they are. They start praying. Them, me, Jesus. We're all communicating. You know, the four of us. We're all in there together talking. And they say amen. And they look up. And what happens? Literally, as soon as they look up, boom, that light stopped. I, my jaw hit the floor. It, it fell off of my face and hit the floor. You could say, oh, it's a you know, coincidence, whatever. But man, I just felt like God was teaching me a huge, huge lesson that day. To me, that was a, a couple that had a mentality of just praying without ceasing, you know? And um, they just went, wow, that's awesome. And then went about their day. I went, I went up to them afterwards and I was like, thank you. Little did you know, I was listening to your conversation and your prayer. And uh, yeah, you taught me a lesson big time, or the Lord taught me a lesson through you big time. So prayer is not an event. Third point, be authentic. I think that so many times <clears throat> we bring our agendas to the Lord, and we think that somehow he doesn't know what's going on. You know, <laughs> it's, it's like that's silly even talking about it or even thinking about it. <clears throat> Man, the Lord already knows your heart. He knows your intent. He knows your motives, maybe even before you realize them. You know, so for us to just be authentic. And I think somebody, you know, had mentioned hypocrite up here and everything too. Man, you know what? I have been around so many people in the church realm throughout the years that have been amazing, awesome people. And then I've been around some real duds as well too, okay? And so 
it's when I get into an environment where people are just authentic about their faith and they're authentic who they are, they're the same people on stage that they are at home. Like those types of things speak to me. Just that authentic Christianity is so important, at least to me. Okay, it's like it allows me to actually kind of put my walls down. Believe it or not, the the pastor, the guy that you know has been in church his whole life, comes into environments like this with walls up at times. You know, so it allows me to just kind of put my walls down and just be who I am. You know, to be authentic, be who you are. When I first started working at the uh, at the church, I was working uh, in the worship. So I had, I think everybody knows, I had played music with Brian uh, at at Liberty. Did a lot of worship uh, with him there. Came out, uh, went to Northern Virginia. I was working as an office manager uh, for a uh, company up there. And then um, I started, you know, I had, every once in a while would do things at our church. It was already in existence and moving. Well, in 2010, they had finished uh, their first building up there. And that's when my brother was like, hey, would you come on and start helping us a little bit with worship? So I, I would only help out on the weekends and stuff like that. And like a month later, I was on staff there. So it was just this kind of like super fast thing that I wasn't even planning, wasn't even intending to do in my life. But what happens was is we, we tend to kind of emulate, you know, people that are successful. So for me, what I did, I was emulating people like Chris Tomlin. We have contemporary worship style there. So I'm, I'm copying guys like Chris Tomlin, all these huge, you know, worship acts, these huge names. And every time like they have these albums they put out, they have these events that they do, they have this amazing like prayer that they do after the song, or they say something in the middle of the song during the bridge that's just like, boom, and then they go into the next part of the song. So I'm trying to copy that. I'm like, okay, I guess I got to do this thing. So I would, you know, come out of a song, we'd end the song, and I'd be like, Father, we lift our voices in worship today. And I, I was just like trying way too hard. And my, my brother comes up to me and he's like, my brother's name is Barry White. So it's, you know, kind of funny, like the singer. Um, so he came up to me and he was like, hey, every time you pray, like, don't feel like you have to make it this flowery thing. Like, it doesn't have to be this perfect put together thing. Just be you. Some people would probably be like offended by that. How dare you? How dare you come say that to me? But I was like, thank you for saying that <laughs> because I feel like an idiot. It was like a hundred pounds was lifted off of my shoulders. I was like, oh, I can just be me. I don't have to be Chris Tomlin. I don't have to be like these other people. I can just be authentic. And that was like a breath of fresh air in my life and in my spirit at that time. So I love authenticity. And then lastly, I would say that when the Lord, uh, when your prayer life begins to increase, your communication with the Lord starts to increase, what happens is you know, the Holy Spirit starts working in you and starts telling you things and starts getting you to move. And I would say my last thing is act immediately. One of the things that I'm embarrassed to say up here today is that there have been so many times that I felt like the Lord was telling me to do something and I didn't do it. 
I didn't do it because I was more concerned about what those people thought about me. They're gonna think I'm a weirdo than what God was gonna do in that whole situation. And I'm telling you, there, there are times where there's been some crazy things that I felt like the Lord's told me to do that I did not do. There's one that I did. I'm gonna tell you the story. Um, I, for whatever reason, I was in a bunch of like meetings with people and I was constantly meeting people. And what happened was all these guys were always making comments about people's watches. So I'm like, you know what? I need to level my game up a little bit. I need to step my game up. I need to get me a nice watch. So I'm broke as a joke, but at the same time, I like saved some money up. I bought like a five to $600 watch. I'm not talking like a thousand plus dollars. Those are time pieces. Once you hit the thousand dollar mark and up, those things are, that's like man, man jewelry. But um, for me, it was like wearing this watch, it was like, all right, I'm going to start, you know, leveling my game up. I'm going to look nice, the whole deal. People are going to make comments about my watch. And um, I had it for maybe two weeks. And I'm wearing it. And I felt like, I felt like God was telling me to give it to somebody in our band that was playing with us in the worship team. I was like, oh, man. It's like, this is not the Lord. This is just random weird things I'm making up in my head. This is not the Lord. I just got the watch, Lord. So um, I looked at that thing for about a week and on my nightstand. And every time I looked at that thing, it was driving me crazy. That's all I could think about was giving that watch to that guy. So I finally was like, hey, you're not going to believe this. It's a crazy one, but I was like, I feel like God's telling me to give you this watch. Would you take it? He was like, uh, sure, sure, thank you. That's, that's so nice. I wish that I could tell you that he was like, you're not going to believe this. I was just praying for a watch this morning. None of that happened. Nothing like that happened. I still have been like, that watch, me giving that watch to that guy was way more of a thing for me to shed some things of myself that I was trying to build up in myself and way more about me being obedient than it was about blessing him with anything. Do you know what I mean? So I would, I would encourage you that when you start feeling the Holy Spirit work in your heart and work in your life and telling you to do things, man, act. You just never know. You never know what he's going to do through your obedience. Okay. So I've enjoyed it. I'm going to bring back uh, David here. We're going to close the service out. You guys are awesome. Thank you all so much. You listen to Pastor Tim White. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.